Welcome to the St. Joseph Radio Presents live program broadcasting to you from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. The program that for over 30 years has brought you eloquent speakers from across the globe to help explain, clarify, and evangelize the Catholic faith. Our program covers a variety of topics relating to current issues and occurrences in our daily lives. Now, with the aid of technology, we are able to bring the gospel message to the four corners of the world, where Christ himself did say, those who have ears ought to hear. It is our hope at St. Joseph Radio that through these programs, we can help evangelize the world and change one soul at a time. Now, here is your host to introduce today's guest and topic. Welcome to St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from the Rome of the West, St. Charles, Missouri, beautiful suburb of St. Louis, and what a beautiful town and beautiful day, and a great... A beautiful people with a, beautiful hors d'oeuvres. Well, I don't know about the hors d'oeuvres. We have a great baseball team, though. I don't know why I said hors d'oeuvres. I don't know. We're Father Augustine, welcome to the program today. <laughs> Thank you. It's a it's beautiful to be here. I feel the Holy Spirit calling you to talk about Lent today, since it is the season of Lent. Yeah, he called, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll have to share his number. Don't share his number. Well, yeah. Well, what's the number? Share it over the radio. We I think all... it's five 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 seven 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 seven. But I know that his voice mailbox is never full. So. <laughs> If you want to talk to him, he's always got an ear inclined. Aww. Excellent. How about starting us off with a prayer today so we can uh, evangelize? Of course, right? St. Benedict says that a monk should never start any good work except that he should pray that God would finish it for him. So, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, dear Lord, finish this radio show for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. I love it. Yeah. The well, Holy Spirit uh, always has oh, his way. Saint, Saint, wait, wait, Saint Nicholas of Flue, pray for us. Amen. I have this thing for obscure, uh, little known, oddly named, or weird saints. And I just, I was giving a retreat. I was given the focus retreat out in uh, Fredericktown, Missouri, and I was telling them about Takayama Ukon, who's the samurai saint. Uh, and some kid came up to me afterwards. He's like, do you know who Nicholas of Flue is? And I said, no. And apparently he was a Swiss halberdier. 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 He was a Swiss pikeman. Let's just say that. During the 14th, 15th century. And he used to fight with a sword in one hand and a rosary in the other. <laughs> Love it. So, Which yeah. one was more powerful? I don't know, but he made it all the way through as a pikeman, and those guys didn't have long life expectancies. He ended up becoming a hermit and then negotiated the peace of uh, between the Burgundians and the Swiss or something. I don't know. And then he flew with the coop, henceforth the name. <laughs> ah, flue, yes. Along with a flea and a fly, he flew the coop, yes. So how many approximately ballpark the number? How many saints has the church rose oh, man, to that I level? I don't know. That would be something to Google, wouldn't it? I, I'll bet there's no. I bet, I bet nobody knows because like every town, uh, like if you've been to Italy, every town has a patron saint, like has somebody buried there. So there's got to be more. Well, yeah. 
I mean, the, the, I, I'm, I'm fond of saints that haven't quite been canonized yet. So among them, like Vir, Pope Virgilius, who probably won't ever be canonized, but I love him anyway. There's a subdivision and, over here in St. Peter's where all the streets are saint names. Really? Yeah. And I, I want to tell Good people. Good for us. I want to tell you. people. It's like, do you realize they're all Catholic? Yeah. 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 You know. Well, which do, wait, so which saints are streets in oh, St. Charles? St. Lawrence, St. Michael, St. you know, every every really? turn right. They're, they're Who would have thought? Okay, well there are some places in America that are still solidly... And the parish is called All Saints. Maybe that's ah, why. A little shout cool. out to the local I people in St. Peter's, Missouri. Oh yeah, speaking of shout outs, a shout out to the monks of St. Louis Abbey. I promise, I told the abbot I couldn't make it to noon prayer. He said, okay, but only if you make a pitch for vocations on the radio. So if there's anybody out there between the ages of 21 and 35, male, come become a monk of St. Louis Abbey. <laughs> there you go, I did my job. Consider now we can talk done. about anything we yes. want. <laughs> All right, so Lent, how come you're called to talk about that right now? Um, I, I'm not sure I am, I guess. Uh, oh, it's Lent, so that's got to be one good sign. Um, well, actually, no, the, the, St. Benedict says that a monk's life should be a constant Lent, which I, I used to find, a, well, I still find a little uh, off-putting because I look, I look, uh, once Christmas is over, I immediately start dreading Lent. <laughs> I look, I look toward it with this feeling of, of gloom, which is unfortunate because Saint Benedict, in his Rule for Monks, uh, the word joy comes up more in the chapter on Lent than anywhere else in the Rule. And actually, once Lent gets here, I actually really love it. Uh, it's the fasting that I have trouble with. <laughs> I have a friend actually. You um, taught at our my monks. Our monks run a prep school, and uh, one of the teachers. I was the chaplain, and so I asked some of the teachers to speak on our Lenten retreat. His name is Jerry Hills. He's uh, and he said when he was eleven, his dad used to smoke, and he hated it, hated hated it. So for his penance. He said he would go downstairs into the basement and smoke a cigarette once a day as penance. <laughs> and, and his dad caught him, and he got in trouble. And he said, I learned then that, like, I couldn't even repent well. Like, and <laughs> his whole point was, like, the whole purpose of Lent is to show you how bad you are <laughs> at being Lenten. Like, because, I, yeah, it's true. I, I never I, – in the monastery, the tradition is that we give up one thing – we do something extra, and we read a book, and and we read it cover to cover. I almost never finish the book. I always slip up on the thing I'm giving up, and I can and I ver I I frequently forget to do my extra things. So. Maybe you're setting the goals too high. Yeah, maybe I should give up. Well, yeah, I our brother Martin used to joke every Lent that he was going to give up. He was going to fast, black fast, like not eat at all. Whenever he wasn't hungry, that was going to be his. So that that that's the sort of goal I think I could keep. Nice. Actually, probably not. I eat all the time when I'm not hungry. Locust? What? What are we? Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know. I just fat 
punk, I think, more so than locust. <laughs> See, I always thought Lent was to help us draw closer to the Lord. Right, uh-huh. right. That's it, yes. I mean, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> oh, boy. And yeah. it does, really. Yeah, when it does. You, you know, because when, when you give up, it, the grace is received, I think, is what people fail to realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. And and it is such a – it's a, it's a sort of a – a bittersweet season, isn't it? I mean, because you there is the joy of rediscovering your faith, but there's also that you know. I mean, fa- fasting isn't easy; otherwise, everybody'd be skinny, right? <laughs> um, and and Saint Benedict says that, especially during Lent, that the monk should keep the day of his death always before his eyes. Which again sounds kind of grim, but. On the other hand, there's no other way to get to heaven. So, um, we, we, I, I think I've probably told this story before on the air, but um, I was walking past in the monastery. The older you are, we have a graveyard on one side of the monastery and the school on the other. And the older you are, the closer your room is to the graveyard. And and so so finally, the the oldest monk has his window looking out over his future grave and. For us, our oldest monk is Father Benedict. He's 90 years old. And I was walking past his room, and I said, Hello, Father Benedict, how you doing? He said, Oh, okay. And I said, Oh, he said, uh, Just waiting to die. <laughs> and, and I was like, Are you okay? He's like, Yeah, but you got to have something to look forward to, you know? Well, that is actually, though. And yeah, that, oh, know, yeah. Through absolutely. the hope and joy that we all, you know, experience. Yeah, well, it was Cardinal Bernard and shocked the American press when he came down with cancer and said, oh, no, I wait, I welcome death as a friend. Well, yeah, I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> well, yeah, death, where is your victory? Death, where is your strength? But then again, death is an angel. There's an angel of death. And, of course, didn't work out well for the Egyptians. I guess you can look forward to it as long as... Yeah, I, I asked an old monk once whether he knew he was going to heaven. And he said to me, uh, when I think of myself and all the lousy things I've done, I'm pretty sure I'm not. He's like, but then when I think about Jesus and how loving he is, then I am sure I'm going to heaven. So I try to think about Jesus. <laughs> Early and often. That's right, my motto. right. All the time. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, right? Uh, because, and, and if you do, then death suddenly becomes this gateway to heaven, right? It becomes this opportunity, something you I – mean, it's what we're all working toward, right? Yeah, it's one of the problems I have when I, when I talk about, you know, the, the revelation and when I talk about what we all know is going to come. My wife especially tells me that I'm lacking the hope and joy, in, and I'm like, oh. I, I got to fix this. Wait, lacking wait, wait, what, hope and what, joy. Yeah, you know, and my thought is, uh, how it does she is, know? I guess maybe the way I articulate it, she yeah. knows me best. Yeah, you yeah. know, where she thinks it might be. I'm, I'm saying gloom and doom. I'm saying no. Make sure your oil lamp is full yeah. and you've got the wick trimmed, and then bring <laughs> as many people with us as we can. Yeah, that's you know that's what we're all called to do. Yeah, and sometimes the truth hurts when they realize you know the situations. Uh, you know, it might not be the most comfortable thing, like Lent. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, what is it? Jesus says some pretty harsh things in the Gospels. I mean, we tend to gloss over those parts. But I was actually, just before the show started, I was reading, oh gosh, is it from the Gospel of St. Luke, I think, where he says, um, you know that bridge that fell down or that tower that fell down and killed all those Galileans? Like, you're, he says, uh, oh, what is it? If you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. You know, right. Doesn't sound like the the sort of group therapist Jesus that you hear about on the radio so often. And this is he's true. A, he, he's, so, he's not a but as the as my students like to say when it comes when you ask yourself what would Jesus do, kicking over tables and beating people with a rope is not you know out of the question. <laughs> So I got this meme. I got this meme a while back, and this is so Lenten right here. It's what is off, a meme? Uh, just something that people send. Is it U- always usually, a picture? Well, usually it's like a short video that. And oh. I'll, I'll, we'll discuss that one okay. after the program. Okay. I'll, I'll show you how to pull them up. As we did Monsignor over at the parish, now he memes everything. <laughs> so it starts off by saying, "It sure wasn't easy being the mother of Jesus," and it has the Blessed Mother sitting there at a table, and she's holding a letter. Dear Mom, <laughs> gone into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by Satan. <laughs> Don't worry, X-O-J. <laughs> oh, man. So kisses, you know. Yeah, Jesus, yeah, yeah, you know. So, yeah. I mean, oh, she, she had to deal with all of that. Yeah, but imagine what it was like being Joseph. Imagine what it was like being the only imperfect person in your family. That had to be hard. Like, you, you get in a fight and you're like, Boy, you too, you think you're arg. Yeah. Right? He's the only sinner. The only person who sinned in that household was Joseph. Poor guy. I, I, he doesn't get enough credit. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Well, I have a friend. Well, I guess Dan Calloway wrote this book on St. Joseph and got into a little bit of trouble, I think, with some folks because he was like, Joseph wasn't a wimp. Like, you know, we, we, in, tr- in some traditions, they think of him as this sort of old guy who kind of hangs around in the background. He's like, but carpenters, like, we forget that they had to do all that work by hand. Like, they were big old muscly, axe-wielding dudes. And, and he traveled all the way to Egypt by himself with a pregnant woman. He, he had to be pretty tough to keep robbers away and all that kind of stuff. And gee, God wouldn't choose some wimp to protect his son. I would imagine. <laughs> the Holy Family is uh, what, what was and is and it always will be, you know, the, the motto of perfection. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I was just thinking about memes. I think, I, think, uh, I think Benedictines have memes. We call them the stories of the Desert Fathers. We, we can tell work each other, on that. We, like those sort of little one sentence like bits. Like I, I was just talking to somebody yesterday about Mother Sincletica of the desert. She said, um, let me think if I can remember. She said, it's a dangerous thing to teach virtue before you have acquired it yourself. It's like b- inviting someone into your house when the roof is falling in. <laughs> I like that. But then she goes on to write a whole book or dictate a whole book on virtue. So apparently it's worth the 
risk a virtuous person. You're listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents, coming to you live from the Rome of the West. Matt Logman here in studio today with Father Augustine on this Lenten season, and he is going to share all the joys of Lent as you're sacrificing. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm a great model of that. I Well, actually... It is funny. Like I just, I hate fasting, or no, I hate is probably a pretty strong word. I, I, I just do not enjoy fasting except when I actually commit to it, and then all of a sudden, like, I don't know, it, it's not so bad. <laughs> well, the world gets a little brighter. So, what type of grace do you notice trickling in as you are going through your fasting? Well, I lost weight. That's that's something. That's a grace. <laughs> uh, well, I'm fasting right now. I haven't eaten all day, and I'd have thought, you know, you'd think you'd be grumpy and lethargic, but in fact, I don't know. I feel pretty good. I guess that's a grace. I don't know if I'm any nicer to anyone. It's hard to measure grace, I suppose. But uh, our father Timothy used to tell a story about, he made up a parable about this priest who worked really hard and he worked in this little parish and nobody came to church. And he worked every day, he'd get up early and he'd get his liturgy all right and he'd prepare a great sermon and no one ever came. And day after day for like, 50 years he ran this little parish with no one ever attended services and when he finally got to heaven after all that work he finds himself at the end of this long line to get in and he turns to this angel and he's like what the what the heck like i you know i slaved away for no good reason all that time and now you're gonna put me at the end of the line they like and the angel says, no, no, those are all the people that are getting into heaven because of your prayers. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I hope he made that up. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. It didn't, I've never heard the story anywhere else. So. I would find it really hard for anyone to doubt that was possible because, yeah. I mean, that's what it is. You know, at those, that's why we're here doing this. We're reaching the four corners of the world because by the right of our baptism, we're called to be disciples. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen, brother. I was I I'm I'm looking I I have all these uh, Lenten sort of reflections uh, on my laptop, which I've got open in front of me, and I was just distracted by a quote from Saint Theodore the Studite. Theodore, uh, and then I lost it. Whoops, the Theodore. Yeah. He says, we must master ourselves. Let us not open our home to the devil. Rather, let us keep guard over our soul as a bride of Christ. For thus we are able to become a dwelling of God in the Spirit. So I guess that's the, the grace, right? You, empty, you, you, you don't fill yourself up with food so you can fill yourself up with the Spirit. Right? It's like emptying, like, clean, like spring cleaning the house. Of course, you got to fill it with something. So you got to fill it with Jesus. Otherwise, anything can come in and mess things up. You're right, because uh, bread doesn't cut it, but by the words that come out of the Lord's mouth, that's what we live on. Yeah. 
course, a little bread with some butter, you know, now and then. It's, Every now and it's then, It's a good yeah. thing, yeah. Well, St. Benedict, again, he says that when, when you, if you're fasting and guests come to the monastery, that you have an obligation to break your fast so that you can eat with, so you can celebrate with the guests. Uh, hey, he's a, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of Benedict. <laughs> so when you fast... Now, do you add other things into it as far as, you know, obviously prayer? Oh, yeah. Obviously, maybe praying for certain people? I mean, because right now, the Ukrainians got to be on everybody's heart and mind. Yeah, boy, especially Putin's, huh? He, 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 I think he bit off a little more than he could chew. Um, yeah, yeah. The, well, the, the monastic tradition is that you read a book, you, you give up something, and you do something extra. I can't. Oh, my my extra thing is getting to prayer early, uh, which really ought to be not an extra. But I am so consistently late for everything that my brethren have started calling me the late Father Augustine. Uh, but uh, so so my thing is to try to get to prayers early. I haven't managed. I managed it once so far. How many days are we into Lent now? It's Sunday been a week and a half, hadn't it? I've only been early once. Uh-oh. How's the uh, book going? Uh, and what book are you actually reading? The book, well, I'm actually reading Conver- In Conversation with God. I'm trying to go, like, it's these reflections on the daily Gospels by... Oh, do I have the book with me? Yes, I do. <laughs> Uh, Francis Fernandez. I think he was the preacher to the papal household. Um, and I usually just use these as sort of homily helps. But this time I decided I wanted to read it all the way through. And because I, I, I like I said earlier, I almost never managed to finish my book. Um, but this has like a, a definite defined amount for every day. So I know I can finish it if I just get to it every day. This is a people, um, was, I was talking to someone the other day. He was an, oh, well, we're starting this Catholic Athletes for Christ at my school. And so I was talking to the, 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 the priory jocks about this. Uh, it's, it's Catholic Athletes for Christ or fondly referred to as Jocks for Jesus. Um, but I was talking to these guys and I was like, look, you, if you, if you're really fast, then you get recruited for the track team, you know? And if you're really tough, then you get re- recruited for rugby. Uh, and But all of us have a calling to be holy, and I'm recruiting you for this prayer team, right? Like, And and you know you don't get better at anything unless you practice. Yet people, it's, it's so funny because people don't, they go to Mass, and they come back and they go, well, I didn't get anything out of it. I'm not, you know, I don't get anything out of Mass. Well, of course you don't get anything out of it. You don't put anything into it. Like, uh, yeah, you wouldn't get anything out of a basketball game if you didn't know anything about basketball and you never watched it and didn't know the rules. It would look ridiculous, especially if you tried to play. <laughs> but you, but prayer takes practice. And I, I guess I guess that's it, too. That That's the other grace is that, is that fasting is a way to practice self-discipline with something that isn't necessarily like life or death, right? Like it's it's good practice for when when you're going to really need the self-discipline for something like serious. 
Well, <laughs> if we're not mastering ourselves, then who is? And we all know Jesus. The, the, well, oh, right. Yeah, the, the, the one who's ruling the world. <laughs> yeah, the ruling the world right now. You know that. You know he he gives freely of the world, but it comes at the highest price. And if you're not focused on the Lord, then the world can creep in, and that's all he needs really to trip people up. There's a paradox there, though, isn't there? That like you, we cannot master ourselves, right? We can but only try. We, but if and yeah, we can. But but we have to try, otherwise Satan certainly most certainly will master us. But I, I think it's in the the Confessions of Saint Augustine. He says, um, I, "I I I was losing the battle until I admitted I lost." And only then could Jesus come in and win it for me. Um, so you gotta you gotta sort of fight like it depends on you, but ultimately you gotta have the humility to admit that it doesn't. I hear you. It's like a paradox, true, but I don't know. It, it's like people don't realize the state of the world as far as Oof. the battle. I mean, the spiritual battle that everyone's engaged in. And if you don't engage in it, how do you expect to win it? Yeah. And, and they just live on just like in the old days. They were they were eating and marrying and giving away oh, marriage yeah. right up until they got onto the ark. <laughs> and the rest of them were just wiped out. They had no clue. And we're, we're setting that up again, I think. Were any of Noah's relatives left behind? In that story, I don't. I don't think so. Were they? I don't think so. I don't so know either. why that occurs to me. Because I wonder if you. Uh, well, yeah. Because as long as you prepare, God takes care of the rest, doesn't He? I mean, you. You. The only. The only really unforgivable sin is just not to care. You can. You can lose the battle. <laughs> Humanly, it's impossible. But with God, all, level, things all things are possible. possible. Yay. Yeah. So that's what people need to realize, uh, start realizing it, that they need to not lean on, but give it to the Lord, because on their own, they are destined to lose. Well, that's the second half of the parable that people forget. You know, they say it's easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven. And, and everybody, you, everybody remembers that part and says, well, rich people don't go to heaven. But they forget that the second half of that is that the apostles say, well, who is going to go to heaven at all? And he goes, oh, no, no, no. Of course it's impossible for a rich person to get to heaven, but not for God. Like, Because I, I think sometimes we, we, we get – actually, one of my students the other day quoted scripture, misquoted scripture. He said, money is the root of all evil. Well, money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. It's – which is, I guess, well, which is why it's always prayer and almsgiving and penance. Oh, no, you're fine. Well, we got about like a good 30 to 40 seconds to wrap things up here coming up. So it's not the, it's the love of money because you can't love two things. You can't love the Lord and love money. Right. You know, right. I mean, I guess there, as long as God's first, always number one, then I think the Lord can work with that soul to be very charitable with the money. Right. And those are the rich people that get into heaven. 
doing good, yeah. doing the Father's will, which we're all called to do this Lenten season. St. <laughs> Joseph Radio presents coming to you live from the Rome of the West. Father Augustine in studio. Hello. My name's Matt Logman, and we'll be back in just a bit. Looking for a way to teach your children about our Catholic faith? Colby Academy has the solution. Offering a curriculum that is loyal to the magisterium, classical, Ignatian, flexible, and affordable, Colby can help with all your homeschooling needs. We offer a wide range of services, including live online courses for those looking for assistance teaching their students, recorded self-paced courses for those who want teacher instruction while needing the flexibility to move at their own pace, and traditional homeschool courses for maximum flexibility in home education. Our support services include advising for parents, record keeping and transcript services, a grading service, standardized testing, and guidance and college counseling. For more information, check out their website at colby.org. That's K-O-L-B-E dot org. Or give them a call. Area code 707-255-6499. That's 707-255-6499. It's Colby Academy. St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the pro-life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. And we're back live from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. St. Joseph Radio presents on this Hello. beautiful Saturday afternoon. Matt Logman here with Father Augustine. Happy Lenten season, my friends, and hopefully you can... Uh, you know, feel yourself being watered or maybe a seed planted, something that you can use to take and go out there. We want that ripple effect. We want that domino effect, one soul <laughs> at a time. That's so, right. Wh wh where's your money at? You're going to talk about some money. Oh, well, yeah, no, I, we were just talking about wealth and rich people, and I think I think rich people get a bad a bad rap sometimes because, like, we we wouldn't have any of our public parks or zoos, or and we certainly would never have had the botanical gardens here in St. Louis without rich people. But I, I have a friend who uh, he owns a castle in England, uh, and I studied with his son when I was at Oxford. And um, they invited me, this is a, a story before the story, but they invited me out to their house for uh, Christmas. And I didn't know they lived in a castle. I, I, I figured they had some money because he was at Oxford. But uh, anyway, his mom picked me up and he was driving us to his, as we come around the corner, this hedgerow in Ascot. And there it is, like eight stories. It's got they've got their own golf course, their own Eucharistic Adoration Chapel, their own pond, fish pond, um, and in spite of my complete detachment from all material possessions, I looked at this and I went, "Wow!" Like, and I and and, and Mrs. Hill looked over at me and she looked at her at this castle that she calls home and she looked back at me and she goes, "Yeah, 
aren't we blessed? Like, and and that's an we, understatement. Yeah, well, <laughs> wow. an understatement, but also like, I it, that that surprised me even more than the house because you would have thought she'd say something like, "Oh, well, it's really hard to keep up," you know, or something. But but I think this detachment, you ought to see the heating bill, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But this detachment that you cultivate during Lent should should actually. In a, I think it was should should enable you to enjoy what you have as well as give it away and give it up. I um, who is it? Oh, Justin Martyr. I think he said if if you denigrate your own gifts, it does God no justice, right? Like like or Dizzy Dean may have put it even better. He said it ain't bragging if you'd done it, you know. I uh, I have a friend who was a, she's actually rather elderly now, but she was a stewardess for Pan Am, and she once met uh, Fulton Sheen, and Fulton Sheen was getting on the airplane, and he looked at her and he said, "You are very beautiful." He's like, "Now use that beauty for Christ." <laughs> right? Amen. And, and she told that story to a lot of people, not not I think as bragging. I mean, she was beautiful, you know. And, and and God gave her this gift, you know. So, so if we boast, we're supposed to boast in the Lord, you know. Yeah, boast to the Lord, exactly. Oh, but so the Lord gave yeah. me these talents. That's why I'm bragging. I right, mean, right. you know. Well, yeah. So so I've got this, so this friend who lives in this castle. He he just recently bought a business for four point five billion dollars. Billion. Right? So that's, with a B. Yeah. So that's that's. That's the sorry. He, he well, not with his own personal pocket money, but you know, I mean, and um, I invited him out to our school to talk to the high school kids, to talk to my students about you know, because all of my kids, you know, they want to grow up and be businessmen and doctors. Those, who, of course, who don't want to grow up and be monks, um, and and powerful, successful people, and who doesn't want to be successful? Um, but he. He gave this talk on because he was a friend of Mother Teresa's. He he helped her negotiate a lot of her uh, convents, buying property for her convents and stuff. And at the end of the, he took the he had a sort of question and answer period. And one of the kids raised his hand. He said, "Yeah." And he said, uh, "So you're pretty rich, right?" And he said, "Yeah, yes, I I, I have a lot of money." He says, "But I," and he says, "But you like, but but you're detached from it." And he says, "Well." I try to be, you know, I try to give it away when I think Jesus is calling me to. And the kid says, so you're detached from all this money. He goes, yeah, I, I try to be. He goes, great, can I have some? <laughs> yeah. And His uh, response? Yeah, well, and, and I thought he had them because uh, that, that was a pretty good, pretty good argument. The kids have a way of isolating hypocrisy. And Dan looked at him and he said... Um, you know, I'll, I'll pray about it, but it's not my money just to give away any way I please. I can't, I, and I don't think it would be responsible just to give it away to so, uh, some high school student I just met. Uh, but I would hope that if the Holy Spirit were leading me to give you my money, that I would do it. Uh, I'm probably not as detached as I ought to be, but it's precisely because it's not my money that I can't just give it away. And I thought, Wow. It's like, what the purpose of the money that he's giving away is going to be used for. Well, right. It's stewardship. It's, right. you know, and, and 
And, and humility is having the humility to know that it's not yours. It's not your money. Need <laughs> is, a, is a tricky word. I mean, you don't – you do need oh. food. You do need, yeah. uh, you know, shelter. You don't need a new set of golf clubs. Yeah, but I don't think there's anything wrong with a new set of golf clubs if you got the money for it. <laughs> after you take care of other people's needs for sure, shelter sure, and sure. food and – yeah. Then you can justify, you know, th- that kind of treat. I would. Th- and you've seen these portraits of Thomas More, or the the famous Holbein portrait of Thomas More. He's got this bejeweled necklace on, right? And I don't think he needed, you know, a bejeweled Catholic necklace. bling, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, but I. So there, there's room to enjoy life and to enjoy beauty and to to pay for beautiful things. I think I don't know. Isn't that You're how talking the church? To a guy who hasn't owned anything in 25 years, so I, maybe I'm not the best expert on this. Well, the the church is like that. People that haven't been to the Catholic Church in a long time, I think the first thing they're struck by is the beauty. Yeah, and yeah. that that is for God. That is like oh, you know, just to have that. Oh my, you know. Yeah, and that's how you should feel at the foot of the cross. It's also the thing that's lorded over us the most often, though, isn't it? I mean, those say, look at how be the rich hypocrites. the Catholic Church Those is. are the ones who are trying to be the devil's advocate that try to trip us up. They try to, to you know, the, the brood of vipers. Yeah. Well, the, the, I mean, the, the argument I hear so often is, well, the Catholic Church is so rich, which, of course, isn't true. The Catholic Church has never operated in the black. Um uh, but the Catholic Church is so rich that they just sell off all the artwork and gold they could feed the homeless. But I think the church is responsible for for keeping beauty in the wor- world, for maintaining it. And furthermore, like a beautiful church, a beautiful chalice, that belongs to everyone. Like the poorest beggar can walk into a Catholic church and be surrounded by beauty and beautiful artwork and and gold and incense and and lovely things so what i'm getting is, is the people that don't believe in the true presence are the ones that are saying all that if they well, believed true. in the true presence they that's would true. want that beauty for the the creator the the holy father and the the, the son who died for us well even I mean, they wouldn't wow. wear t-shirts and shorts to see the president you know like they, I mean, even they would they would want to dress up for that's some a whole another pro- program entirely yeah yeah for for a, a secular authority they would they would they they'd understand that like you know he he needs a helicopter right but the pope doesn't <laughs> well you know if the helicopter know. gets this person to and fro to save those people then yeah he needs a helicopter yeah. You know, that you know, that's why EWTN has over 500 affiliates so that we can reach the globe. You yeah. know, that's it. I was just up there uh, giving a retreat to the sisters. That there there are some great they just elected a new superior the 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 uh, poor Claire's. Speaking of funny like they they joke they say that because you know there there is a lot of wealth at their disposal and they call themselves the rich Claire's. <laughs> but but that said, they, they live a very, very simple life. It's a beautiful life, and, and the facilities are incredible. But I was worried when I, when I went up there the first time that it was going to be really slick, you know, sort of televangelistic-y. But I think it's the, the sisters and, and the, the Franciscan brothers that 
keep that place really grounded. I was, I was, I was astonished. It's a holy place, and it, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> it could be, you know, as history has shown us, like these Christian televangelists often slip into the, some horrible situations. Actually, for that matter, celebrity priests can go pretty, pretty wrong as well. But um, like I said, Satan gives freely of the world. Yeah, comes at the highest price, though. That's well. What, and know. to bring us back to Lent, I think that's part of the purpose of Lent is is to is in the middle of our our success. You know, I mean, right now, I'm writing a book on failure, and <laughs> so, but but there is, but but when we have success, that that can be dangerous too, and. And Lent, I guess, is a time when we reflect on our failures and when we temper our success with some sobriety, you know, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm winging it here. I'm spitballing it here. <laughs> well, you know, failure is okay if you get back up. Yeah, but some saints never did, right? I like St. Mark T. Chinchong. He was an opium addict. And they, uh, the, the, his parish priest told him he would never go to heaven because of his addiction. And he couldn't give it up, couldn't give it up. And he said, well, I'm never going to go to heaven. And his, his priest said, well, I guess there's hope for you if you were martyred. So he went and got martyred. <laughs> but he's always pictured with his, with his pipe. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Now, granted, an addiction is not a mortal sin. We know that now, but. But, or, or for that matter, was it Philippine Duchenne? Not a success, not a worldly success, at least. Well, okay, there you go. That was that was all her word. life. She wanted to be, uh, she wanted to be a missionary. Only converted one Native American, who apostatized three months later. But three she weeks later. probably was not aware of the many that came after that read about her. Right, right. right. Well, uh, about a hundred years later, when the Jesuits showed up. The the Potawatomi Indians still remembered her. That's all, folks. Potawatomi. There you go. Yeah. Well, right right here, right? She's buried. She's buried like five miles from us, isn't she? I should stop by and say howdy. I did a voiceover for a video for St. Did you? Yes. I got... I uh, I don't know why I was just thinking of this, but one of the kids in our school, we were walking across campus talking, and as he passed the chapel, he said, wait, just a second. He opened up the door, he leaned in, picked his head back out again. I was like, what just happened? He said, my practice for Lent is to say hey to Jesus once a day. He's like, so I just opened up the door, I leaned in, I go, hey. (laughs) That could lead to possibly two syllables in the future. Yeah, exactly. It's something. It's I, a start. Uh, baby well, steps. There's also there's something. Um, well, there's something just sort of teenagerly about that, but I suspect Jesus is very pleased with that. It's heartfelt. Saint Benedict says that a monk's a monk's prayers should be short but heartfelt. Oh, I got one for you then. Yeah, what? Yeah, I told people that my prayer life is uh, down to the Reader's Digest version. They look at me like, okay. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I ask for the grace to be found living the Father's will. Amen. Wow. Now, and I go, think about that. If I'm living the Father's will, 
do I need anything else? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. I my one of my favorites is uh Saint no, not Saint. Um Tom, Thomas uh, Thomas Merton's prayer and I and I, I can never remember it. I used to have it memorized, now I just mismemorize it. But he says something like, Lord, I have no idea where I'm going or what I'm doing and I and he says, and not only do I never do the right thing, I don't even want to do the right thing, but I want to want to do the right thing, and that is sufficient. <laughs> That's a starting point, yeah. Exactly. It's it's the A in the church door. that. Um, so how does stewardship tie in to the whole Lenten season? I don't know. What do you think? Time, talent, and treasure. Oh, yeah. So Stewardship. The, right. Well, I you know it's Lent is about getting outside of yourself, right? And there's no better way that, to do that than to help someone else. I sometimes in the confessional, I don't give it as a penance, but people who are struggling with depression, I think I often tell them like go spend some time working with the poor. Like I think you'll find that that, that it has a way of drawing you out of that the circle of despair, despair, that inward, that that vision turned in on yourself. Um, so stewardship brings you brings you out of yourself. It exposes you, I think, to a world of joy that doesn't need stuff, and it doesn't even need you. <laughs> exactly, but that's also going to make you have a response when people ask you, how come you are the way you are? And the Lord says, hey, have that response ready. Yeah. You know, and how do you get that? But by giving yeah. and receiving, but you got to open yourself up for that. And, you know, that's why those retreats are such a great thing. Yeah. Men normally have those concrete, those big brick walls, and they are unable to feel. If they're unable to feel, they're unable to receive God's grace. Yeah. And yeah. it's a beautiful thing to watch people just be transformed because yeah. of God's grace. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, I, I was, I was leaving the monastery. Uh, actually, by now it was a couple of years ago. We we have this wonderful. There's a, a benefactor of the monastery. His name is Jordan Cherik, and he is uh, he's an Orthodox Jew, and he's he's one of these great great men who is so full of is so in love with the scriptures that, it, I mean, like, literally in love with the scriptures. Like, he brightens it. As soon as you start talking about the book of Genesis or Exodus or Leviticus or whatever, he, he just he just gets giddy. <laughs> and, 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 it's, and it's wonderful to see him running around the monastery. But I was walking out of the monastery one morning. I was going to go up to um, Wentzville to preach the missions. It was the annual Catholic appeal, right? And as I was walking out, he was walking in, and I go, hey, Jordan, uh, pray for me. I'm going to go beg. And he and he said, really? Are you okay? I'm like, well, oh, no, 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 I'm okay. I was like, I'm, I'm going to beg on behalf of these African monasteries that don't have clean water. And he says, well, don't call it begging. He's like, you're doing them a favor. He's like, the people, he's like, the, the highest mitzvah is to give without any hope of ever being thanked. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I scrapped my homily that day, and I was just like, 
All right, everybody, I'm here to do you a favor. <laughs> the Wisdom of Father Augustine on St. Joseph Radio presents. The We're Wisdom coming... of Jordan Cherrick. There you go. We'll give him credit. <laughs> coming to you live from the realm of the West, my name's Matt Logman. And, and when my name's Father Augustine. Father, oh, why'd you lower your voice like that? Because I'm bit? speaking like, like Mike Logman. <laughs> I'm trying to cultivate a radio voice. Uh, we'll talk about your that voice afterwards. is so cool. Well, it's a breathing exercise. That's where. Is it? Yeah, I'll teach you about that one. Anyway, oh, yeah. oh, when man. the Jewish man, because I would love to give a, do a radio show where I got to talk like Matt Logman. When the Jewish man was getting <laughs> giddy when he was stuck <laughs> scriptures, yeah, yeah, it hit me. Well, of course, because mm. in the beginning was the Word, yeah, and the Word was with God, and right. the Word was God. So basically, he's in love with Jesus Christ and doesn't even know it. Yeah, well, he, it, he, it's their love le- the scriptures are love letters from God. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. No, he's, he, it's, they, um, the, I, I was at the center somehow of this controversy over the, the statue, you know, remember when they wanted to tear down the statue of St. Louis? Um, but, oh, shoot, I just lost my train of thought. What were you talking about? Scriptures. And the Word of God. and Love Jesus and don't well, know Well, Jesus it. was the Word of God. The Jews didn't know that they were loving Jesus because he was. Right. The Word became flesh. Heck, I, I totally lost my train of thought. But oh, it was well. a good one. Trust me. Okay, good. <laughs> well, But what did it have to do with? It had something to do with Umar Lee and the turn on the statue. Oh, well. If anybody, you guys out there can just make sense of it. I'm a little ADHD this morning. I haven't been, I didn't have breakfast, <laughs> so I'm a little dilly. Andy switched the decaf. We're sorry about oh, that. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, Never. I, no, I, I had my coffee this morning, black. No sugar, no milk. It was awful. Oh, that's right. I love it. <laughs> really? Oh, that's my drug of choice, coffee. Uh, I'm hoping I'll get used to it eventually. Oh, my they, son did the, the one in the seminary. He taught oh, himself, yeah. and now he's now he's drinking espresso straight up. Oof. Oh man, he's a soldier. He doesn't even have it with a little sweet pastry or something. Oh man, no. I gave up sugar too. Did I say that already? I don't know. Yeah, I'm fasting. I gave up sugar, and I gave up negative words. I'm not gonna grumble for Lent. I've already broken that one like three times this morning, but. Yeah, you know, hmm. practice makes perfect, or practice makes better. <laughs> so when you talk about a book that you try to read cover to cover during Lent, yeah. you know, and I, I, I empathize because I probably have four books at home right now oh, that yeah. I'm in the middle of. On the nightstand, that's oh where my. all my unfinished you know. books end up. And the last one my son gave to me was the was the saint, and now his name is avoiding me, who was writing to his niece about how to become holy. Oh. I don't know if it was... Uh, it's not Charles de Foucault. Right? No. I don't know. I, I've been thinking but about him lately. every chapter just calls me out. Really? <laughs> like, holy cow, right, my failing. writing to his niece. I gotta look, I'm going to look that up. I could Saint, probably get that answer for you after the Saint program. Letters. No, I want to I know now. Letters to niece. I'm Googling it. Frederick von Hugel? <laughs> nine? Von nine? Hugel? <laughs> uh, well, uh. So while you're thinking about that, <laughs> what do you guys have coming up? Anything that you'd like to talk about? The monks, you know, that you want to invite them out to or, you know, enjoy? 
You're talking yeah. to me? Yeah, for the Lenten season, you know. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. The monks do Lent great, but but it's the Triduum that we do really well. The, there's a service called Tenebrae, which is Latin for darkness, and you we say vigils the night before in the dark uh, around like 7:30, right after the sun goes down. And there's a candelabra with, let's see, or actually it's called, it has a special name that I can't remember now, but it, I think it has 13 candles. And as you say your psalms, well, let's see, wait, three, Do you six, chant them? We chant them. Uh, yeah. Excellent, yeah. excellent. As we chant them, one the, the youngest monk goes up and extinguishes the lights one by one. And, and, and the whole thing is done, is sung in, in darkness. Until finally there's just one candle left lit in the whole church. And that's supposed to be the that's supposed to be the light going out of the world. That's that's Jesus dying. It's we, we say tenebrae on uh, uh, Good Friday evening. And then the novice takes that one candle after we're finished with our last psalm and and walks it out of the church. And then we sing the um, oh which psalm is it the um, um, now I can't remember. Oh, come on. We do it every single morning. God be gracious. And can and people us, come to fight. join? What's that? Can people come to oh, join? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, look for it on our website, St. Louis Abbey. We, uh, Holy Good Friday, just after dusk. Um, anyway, so he takes the candle out, and then the junior monks make as much noise as they can, banging their books, and that's called the strepidus, or the loud noise in Latin. <laughs> And it's supposed to be the tomb cracking open, and then the candle is brought back in silently uh, and placed on the candelabra. I'd like to see and, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's by far and away the coolest thing we do all year. Yeah. Got that, folks? Check Tenebrae. it out. I wish I could remember. Tenebrae. I, I wish I could remember what the candle, candelabra. It's not a candelabra. Anyway. Well, we're about out of time here. I'm oh, glad no. you had some time to come visit with us and, and share the, the life of the monk, Father yeah. Augustine. Appreciate that. Which is a continuous Lent. That is cr- true. Hearse. Hearse. It's called a hearse. That's... Which is odd. Yes, it is. <laughs> hey, how about a little prayer to okay. bless us on the way out? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh, dear God, make us great saints this Lent and help us, give us the strength to keep our Lenten resolves. And may Almighty God bless all of you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you very much. That's Father Augustine. My name's Matt Logman, and I wish you a fantastic afternoon. And remember to smile at everyone you meet. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Yay. God bless. Listening to St. Joseph Radio presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S A I N T, josephradio.net. Or call us 636 447 6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ to 
everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents. Thank you.